0: Let's go over it again.
1: That symbol. The one that looks kind of like the old Atari symbol, but with more prongs and the word pathways at the bottom. I'd seen it before. There was a white van that was sometimes on our block, and it had that symbol painted on its side.
0: Did you see it before we were quarantined? After? Or during?
1: I'm not sure.
0: What color was it?
1: It was kind of white on white and faded as the prongs converged in the right light it would disappear altogether
0: what else do you remember
1: a man with a mask
0: like a medical mask yes where did you see him
1: he came to our house
0: did he come to your door or our door
1: i don't remember but i was the one that answered the door
0: what did the man in the mask have to do with the van
1: he drove to our house in the van how do you know he walked back to it when he left i watched him go
0: who did he come to see
1: he said my mother, but he was lying.
0: You didn't mention that before. Why do you think he was lying?
1: I could tell that he was there to see me. He was talking to me.
0: I thought you said he was talking he to was, your He
1: was, but he was really talking to me, and I could tell. He was looking at her and speaking to her, but he was really talking to me. What did he say? I don't remember. He was tall. He seemed to go on forever.
0: You remember he was talking to you, but you don't remember what he said? That's right. What else?
1: It's not a memory, more of an impression. Okay. I saw him again.
0: When? Where?
1: I don't know, but it was it was in at home. I went to see him, somewhere. With your mom? No. By yourself? No. I think I think I was with your dad. Just, Shane. You didn't tell me that before. I wasn't sure about the impression until now. I told you some of it was jumbled.
0: What are you doing?
1: Telling you the truth. What are you doing?
0: I'm trying to understand.
1: I don't know what you want me to tell you.
0: Every time I ask, you have more detail, so I keep asking.
1: Okay. You're right, that's fair. This isn't what I thought it would be like though. What is it? I pictured getting my memories back. Any memories back would be this flood that I would have to manage. Not this drip that feels half-dreamt, but there's this feeling like I'm on the brink. The ground is shaking and there's moisture in the air, but I can't see anything. But it's close. Shane. I
0: know. And it's audio. The first audio.
1: You were right. You knew this was coming. A
0: lot of that going
1: around. Don't you think this means something? You said you couldn't figure it out, but maybe this is why. What do you think?
0: You sound excited.
1: I am. I'm a little scared, but yeah, I am.
0: Then I think we should listen. Hi. Um,
2: hello. Hi. How am I already bad at this? I'm sorry. This is so unfair to you both. You may have heard your mother and I the other night. My intentions may not matter, but... I didn't mean for it to escalate the way that it did. I always wonder afterwards when it was that I lost control, and... It's hard to pinpoint. I don't know what mistakes I'm making anymore. Every morning I try to decide what the right thing to do is, and... By the time the sun goes down, I still have no idea if I'd spend the day making things worse or making them better. I I don't know what will matter most to you in in however many years it will be until you hear this. It's supposed to serve as a time capsule, so maybe you'll be adults. Maybe you'll already have kids of your own. I'd like to have that conversation with you one day, parent to parent. I'm hoping that my actions seem justified then because I can't justify them now to my two beautiful children. Your Uncle Desmond and Aunt Mara love you very much. They would do anything for you, but I know it's not the same as having me there. When this is all over, I'll sit each of you on my lap and we'll talk about why I was away. Why I left saying goodbye you know I was always happy with your mom it was never a fairy tale but man I was proud of our story I always felt lucky that she would even talk to me I'd never met anyone like her we were friends first (laughs) I would watch guys approach her Watch them struggle with the words, fumble, maintaining eye contact, eventually receding until forgotten. With a resume spotlighting all of their tiny failures. I studied their advances so that I wouldn't make their mistakes. (laughs) Knowing I would inevitably make my own. The day I found the courage to test my thesis. Man, (laughs) I had rehearsed my approach like a TV host monologue. I knew where to pause, for effect, for laughter, for thoughtful consideration. I'd practiced when to look away and and when to absorb her in fullness, calibrating against creepy, fine-tuning my stare into a gaze. (laughs) Man, my mirror must have been so sick of me. It was a Saturday morning in the spring. We were meeting Desmond and Mara for day drinks. Not not just them. Your uncles Frank, Juan, Serge, Marcus, Josh, Joseph, and Robert. Uh, Your aunts Jessica, Jolie, Patricia, Tommy, Lolo, Eve, Tika, and Ebony. (laughs) I thought there might be safety in numbers if things didn't go as planned. (laughs) But back then, we were always together. We didn't need an occasion. It's so different from now. We've all dispersed like dandelion threads on the wings of wishes. And even if we hadn't, now we live in isolation. Normal feels so far away. I asked her a couple of days in advance if she could help me buy a suit for a wedding that was coming up later in the summer. I mean, she liked to clown me about how I dress, so I thought I would come across like I was taking her quote-unquote suggestions seriously. I'd pick her up, we'd spend a few hours together while I tried on ties and shiny shoes. Uh, She could see me look my best, but in a casual environment. I would cheat her imagination into perceiving me differently. After a morning of tailoring, I'd ask her if she could give me a supplemental course, graduate with honors, or something like that. I got there 30 minutes early with Dunkin' Donuts vanilla coffee that I knew was her favorite. I would catch her off her game, you know, unprepared, shields down. <laughs> man, I was really confident when I walked up to that door. But when she opened it, shit. Oh, oh man. Sorry. God, I really hope you're adults when you hear this. <sighs> it was like getting to the Dragon's Lair after weeks of planning on how to get out alive. She wasn't ready yet. Her hair was everywhere at once like a fuzzy star and too beautiful to stare at directly. She had on an oversized t-shirt. That's it. A baggy, faded, inconsequential t-shirt that managed somehow to hang on her like an heirloom tapestry. She said, hey. And then I knew. It was pretend casual in the same way i was so poorly trying to imitate she was all stealth and the word was a shuriken i stood there bleeding from the heart and lungs trying to form a sentence a word a thought in a jumble sensations came over me that my lizard brain translated uh, hi what Not nice you how do you fine um sorry coffee uh, Choose but my wound was mortal. My breath came out in short clips while my lungs drowned in shame. I had been a fool. I wasn't a hunter. I was meat, and the dragon had been waiting. She put a hand on mine, and I was so thankful for the mercy of a quick kill. I thought that I was an Eskimo brother to all those fools I tried to leech victory from. And then I remembered that we were the opposite of Eskimo brothers, but I didn't know the word for that, and I was the king of all fools. And then she willed the cup of coffee from my hands like a magic trick and said, so do I get to be your date for this wedding? Because I never asked, but it only seems fair considering the work I have in front of me. And somehow I managed to not too feeble sounding. That was the plan. And watch those dice tumble off my lips, heavy with the stakes. Waiting for her mouth to annihilate or vindicate. She said, good, come in, I'll get dressed. (sighs) Sevens. (laughs) My life was never the same after that. Desmond and I, when we were kids, had always talked about what it would be like to have kids of our own. We were both determined to be different than our fathers. I am so proud of Desmond. But it pains me more than I can describe to know how far I have fallen short. I'm hoping in the years to come I will have made it all up to you. What I want you to understand about this moment is that It felt like being called to war. The stories you hear about Vietnam, Korea, the Gulf War, Iraq, and Afghanistan, they were all so muddy with questionable motivations and no clear goals. World War II was the last time this country seemed to have a purity in conflict. Our people were still being killed or degraded at the whims of white men cheered on by white women and shunned or spit upon by what are now people of color in unity. But then, we were niggers, and they weren't, and that was that. But the fight came to us and we responded. Black pilots and infantrymen distinguished themselves in battle against an enemy that was literally attempting to destroy all non-Aryans and establish a master race. Despite the circumstances of our service, serve we did, with valor. And though our contribution was mostly ignored in the lifetimes of those who survived, our stories were told, and they've become sacred. This moment feels like that to me. Our people are dying at a much greater rate than whites or POCs, and... So this virus has made us niggers again, alone and vulnerable, and I have never been a nigger. And my children were not born to be niggers, and I will do everything in my power to make sure that that remains the case, because our story must be told. If we leave it for others to tell, there will be omissions, there will be faulty narratives, and there will be lies. I trained to be a nurse because I wanted to help people. Here in Dallas, right now, the virus is under control, but in New York, it's like something out of a Black Mirror episode. I left last week to try and help make a difference. Please don't misunderstand me. I am not a hero, I am no slayer of dragons. A hero would have had the courage to kiss my children on the head and tell them that everything would be all right. A hero would have held the love of his life in his arms and found a way to make her understand his choices and to heal the place in her that he had broken. I couldn't do those things because I am a coward. I don't have the strength To see any of you and leave in uncertainty? My optimism can only breathe in a space of limited consequences. Outside of that, I'm as lost as anyone else. And my bravado has always been a watery illusion. Whatever I've said to you about why I did what I did in the past... I hope this clarifies it in some way that will be meaningful to you. If this is the last time you will hear my voice, then know that I regret it. I regret all of it.
1: I love you. We need to try Dr. Estrom again.
0: We've tried and tried. Don't you think she would have reached out to us if we were?
1: Well, aren't you going to ask me some questions?